Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Tiger Shulman Smithtown Podcast. I'm Sensei James Leonelli. I'm the owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman in Smithtown. I'm your host, and I'm here with this week's episode, and I want to talk to you guys about adaptability. Now, let's start with the definition of adaptability. All right, so as defined, adaptability is the quality of being able to adjust to new conditions. Now, it's so important, not only when it comes to uh, things like uh, driving, <laughs> things uh, like our ability to do work and so forth, but it's really, really important in terms of our mindset. People who are not adaptable, who are fixed in their way of thinking, those are people who don't find ways to overcome the obstacles uh, of the new things that face them. If you think about it, the world is always evolving and changing. You think about the fact that only a few years ago, we had to get a newspaper every day or watch the evening news to be up to date on all the news in the world. Meanwhile, these days, you can watch it all on your smartphone instantly. We went from a news cycle that was, you know, once a night, a couple, of, maybe twice a night, to now it's 24 hours. At any time of the day, you can get any news. And if you got married to that old idea, if you were a news broadcaster and you were married to that old idea, you'd be gone. There'd be no use for you. I'll give you some examples. See, this time in our history, adaptability is extraordinarily important. And you can see it in a lot of different businesses that I'm sure many of you are interacting with. Some positive examples are restaurants, right? Like I live in a little town here where there's a bunch of restaurants and a great many of them didn't have much of a takeout program to speak of. Now, when you drive down the main street of my town, all you see are signs outside advertising that they're open for takeout, their takeout protocols, the phone number to call for takeout, where you can go online to find their takeout menus. These businesses have completely revamped their processes to adapt to the current situation. They're adapting with everything else. They're making sure they're moving and staying ahead of the curve. That way they're not getting left behind. I see this also in the supermarket by my house. It's a big uh, chain supermarket right by my house here. And they've done an awesome job in the way that they've marked out the aisles. So clicked out through every aisle is six feet. And there's six feet intervals down every single aisle. You're only allowed to go one direction in each aisle. And when it comes to the cash registers, they have those with six foot intervals, but they also only have every other register open. So that way it'd be very, very difficult for you to get closer than six feet to somebody else. They're adapting so well to this time. And I think that's why I see their parking lot full a lot more often than I see other supermarkets having their parking lots even anywhere near as full. Simply because the processes are better, the way that they're going about it is better, the execution is better, and they're adapting with the times. But by the same token, I'm seeing plenty of negative examples as well. Like I know of a very popular 
uh, breakfast and, and lunch spot in my town. And there's multiple locations. And this was this restaurant, it's amazing to me, started as this tiny little hole in the wall in a different town on Long Island. And they've grown to a bunch of locations now. And they do unbelievable business. Unbelievable. Uh, un in quote-unquote normal times, if you wanted to go for breakfast on a Sunday, you could wait for two or three hours. That's how popular and busy this place is. Yet, once all this hit, they closed their doors. They said, you know what, we're just going to close for this time because our model is just not conducive to takeout. I don't know. I've had takeout from there before on <laughs> Sunday mornings during that breakfast rush. I've had takeout a bunch of times from there, and I think their model is pretty conducive to takeout, but it doesn't seem like they were quite as willing to adapt. Another example of someone not adapting as well is the Home Depot fairly close to me. This Home Depot, it, it's amazing to me how they set this up. They're on a tremendous piece of property. They've got open space in every direction. It's wonderful. They have all the space they could ever want to social distance. But what they have going on instead, they have one entrance open on the far end of the building, but all the other exits are open. So what's happening is there's a line across the front of the building from that far away exit all the way back to the other end of the Home Depot. There's people lined up there all day and everyone who exits the building gets to exit, of course, and when they exit, they have to cross through the line. So even though there's markouts for every six feet, it doesn't matter because people are walking through the line all the time in order to exit. When you're watching people go in and out, there's one uh, worker with uh, a walkie-talkie and a clicker, and they know, apparently, how many people are in the Home Depot at any point. But when you see five or six families leave, you see one family get clicked in because they're a system for letting that uh, security guard there, if you will, know that, that how many people are coming out. It's just not very efficient. You look at their line. If they just turned their line 90 degrees the other way, that piece of property right there is all fenced off. There's nothing going on on that side of the parking lot, so it's not like they'd even have to worry about putting people in danger because it's the furthest piece of the property away from the entrance. There's nothing really going on over there. Those parking spots aren't ever really used. Meanwhile, the way they have us lined up now, you're right by the entrance. People are coming in that entrance, passing that line over and over and over again in their cars. Again, just not adapting well to this, this evolution in our society at this point. Now, this is so important when it comes to our mindset. So many people are so willing to get stuck in old ideas. The greatest example of this, in my opinion, in martial arts happened in November of 1993. For you guys who are big fans of the sport of martial arts, that should be pretty significant to you because that is when the first UFC ever was held. And there were plenty of people who looked at that first UFC and they saw uh, that grappling was very, very effective. And they saw that other arts weren't as effective when they were left by themselves. And they were martial arts purists. 
There were plenty of people who got married to traditional martial arts. They thought that their karate school or taekwondo school or kung fu school or whatever discipline they were learning obviously was amazing. And obviously that art was the art. And the reason that you didn't see their art be successful is you just didn't put the best practitioner in there uh, in the early UFC. So they sat there with their fingers in their ears and their eyes away from the truth. And they never learned any new skills in order to adapt with the times. If you look at the history of Tiger Shulman's, it's not that way. Instead, right away, Tiger started to learn how to grapple. He had wrestled, and, and Shion Shulman, our organizational chief instructor, Tiger's brother, is a JUCO nas national wrestling champion. So we had some great experience already in wrestling, and they knew the value of being able to control a situation, whether it were stand-up or on the ground. But right away, Tiger said, you know what, I need to be learning jiu-jitsu. And not long after that first UFC, jiu-jitsu was brought in to be a part of the Tiger Shulman system. Now, like I said, you often see this in people, and I'm sure we all know people like this, who they just can't wrap their head around new ideas. They don't want to adapt to the newest things. Like my uncle used to have a joke uh, when, when it was Blu-rays, when the Blu-rays came out, he used to joke that, listen, I'm gonna get my, my movie collection in Blu-ray and that's it. Once anything else comes out that's quote-unquote better than Blu-ray, that next best thing, forget it. I'm sticking with Blu-ray for forever. That's going to be as good as my movie collection ever gets. Joking about how he wouldn't want to adapt his technology with the times. But we just see that in people too. Even as new information comes out, they plug their fingers in their ears and they don't want to learn anything new. They don't want to be exposed to the new things that are out there for them to learn and better themselves. If you think about it, this is exactly what I talked about when I talked about fixed mindset versus growth mindset. So if you guys haven't listened to that episode yet, this would be a great opportunity for you to go give that a listen and you'll understand these people and why that mindset is so limited. You see this a lot with people and their opinions of themselves too. They look at themselves as the person who always is this one characteristic, whether it be positive or negative. Mostly, we're concerned with negative, right? Since we're so concerned as martial artists, we're so concerned with self-improvement. I recently heard an interview with actor Rob Lowe, and he gave a great example of being adaptable. Most of you guys know who Rob Lowe is. If not, go on IMDb. I'm sure you've seen him in a million things. He's a very good actor, and he's worked consistently forever. Pretty much once he got on the scene, he was working forever, very consistently, very, very consistently. But what many people don't know is there was a period of Rob Lowe's life where he did not have very healthy habits. Specifically, he was involved in drugs. He was on drugs and in a very bad place in his life. The habits that he had with the drugs and alcohol were not healthy. And in this interview that I heard with him, he spoke about the process by which he eventually got clean. And he made a very important point. He said, as someone who was an addict, it wasn't 
someone telling me that I needed to get clean that made me make the decision. I couldn't do it for my family. I couldn't do it for my parents. I couldn't do it for my loved ones. I had to wake up one morning, look at myself in the mirror, and make the decision that this wasn't the person I wanted to be anymore. I needed to make a change. He made that solid decision, and since then he's 30 years sober. And I think that's such a powerful story because it shows you how quickly you can be adaptable as well. The thing is, we can always get better. We can always learn more, learn new skills, learn ways to be better at the things we already have learned about. We can always change our habits. We can make new routines. We can fix our weaknesses. And the biggest, most important thing we can do is we can always reinvent ourselves. If we're not a person who makes our health a priority right now, we can change it. If we're not a person who makes our self-care a priority, we can change it. If we're a person with unhealthy habits, like smoking or excessive use of alcohol or whatever, we can make it better. We can change it. You can reinvent yourself. You never know how close you are to that one step that you need to take that can completely change who you are and move you in a healthier direction. A great example of this is one of my students. One of my students, this guy Doug, has been in my school actually since before it opened. Doug is a student who followed me from my instructor's school. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar, my school is four and a half miles away from where my instructor's school was. And on Long Island, that's not very far at all. So when my school opened, he already lived very close to where my, my school is now. And he made the shift and changed schools and followed me to the new, the new school. But where this story really begins is back as my instructor's school. Now, Doug was a parent. At the time, he had a young son who actually just graduated high school, which blows my mind now that I stop and think about it. This was his first year of college. And his young son was three or four years old at the time. And little Jack was involved in the preschoolers program in my sensei's school. And Doug was a fixture in the lobby of the school. The way my sensei's school was set up, the mat was enclosed in two-way mirrors and windows and so forth. And there was one specific window that was by the mat entrance. And Doug would stand the, where this window was. It was on the far side of the lobby. So there was the lobby on the one side of the mat, and it wrapped around, and it went to the back area, and the back area was the locker rooms. So that window was in like the transition part between the lobby and the locker room area. And Doug would lean on that windowsill with his nose almost to the glass, and he would watch every minute of the class. And then even when his son would come out, they would sit there and they would talk and so forth for the next few minutes after the class was over. But right after Jack's class, there was a class for adults. And Doug would sit there and he would watch. And he, had, he would have a very, for lack of a better descriptive word, a very Doug look on his face. If you guys know Doug, you can imagine exactly the face that I'm talking about. Uh, eyes narrow with a little bit of questioning in his eyes, wondering if he could do that.
Now, the thing is, at this point, Doug was at a place in his life where a lot of people might have said, oh, it's too late for him to reinvent himself. He was already in his 40s. Uh, he was already uh, in established in his career. He'd already been an established adult for a good number of years. He had already lived in his house for however long and so forth. He was established. He was set in his ways and so forth. He was not in the healthiest place. Wasn't eating a healthy diet. Wasn't really exercising. Was just kind of living life at, and had the stereotypical dad bod. As a matter of fact, he keeps a picture of himself uh, from the beach from the summer before he started taking class on his fridge. And he tells me about it all the time. He reminds me about this picture and what he has, the not so nice words he has written to himself on that picture that hangs on his fridge just to remind him of who he used to be. So Doug eventually finds his way onto the mat. He was handed a uniform by the preschoolers program instru uh, instructor and Doug started taking class. And from then, he made such a change. Right then, that one move is what it took to change his life completely. Now Doug is in his 50s. And when people see Doug, I use him as an example of what exercise does for the human body all the time. Because I show people Doug. I show him a picture of his face. I show him a picture of his body. Right? Shirtless picture from, from our 90-day challenges. And I'll ask people, how old do you think Doug is? And I've never had an estimate that was even within 10 years. Usually people thought late 30s, early 40s, while Doug was in his mid-50s. He's a black belt in my school. He's a, an absolute fixture in my school. He's a leader among my adult students, and he is in amazing shape. His health is way, way better. He has completely reinvented himself. He was adaptable to make the change that he wanted to make. He decided to make, take the steps to make a healthier decision. Now, like anybody else, Doug's story is full of obstacles and challenges. See, I believe those are the things in life that truly are inevitable. There's the old expression that there's only two things in life that you can count on, death and taxes. And though that's true, I think there's at least one other thing, at least two other things I should say, that are on that menu. Obstacles and change. Change is always going to come. Obstacles are always going to come. The question is, are you going to change with those times? Or are you going to let those little obstacles, those little changes, stop you? See, this time is a perfect example. Some are overcoming the obstacles and the brick walls that are laid out in front of them. Others, not so much. Think back to those restaurants that I mentioned earlier. Some are going to be better off from this. They'll keep this thriving takeout business. Others, not so much. They'll come back and maybe they'll be a little forgotten about. Now, obviously, we're not all in business for ourselves. We're trying to grow our business or whatever. But we still want to be able to move with whatever life gives us. We want to be able to adapt because life is going to give us different things all the time. And we have to be flexible. We have to be adaptable enough to not crumble under the change or the challenge. And what I want to leave you guys with today on this thought is the fable of the oak and the willow. 
So I'll read it to you here. In a field, there was an oak tree at one end and a willow tree at the other. Whenever a wind moved through the field, the willow swayed in the wind while the oak remained unmoved. When this happened, the willow said to itself, I wish I was as strong as the oak instead of bending over with every breeze. And then one day, a large windstorm whipped through the field. When the storm passed and the darkness lifted, the willow looked across the field and was shocked to discover that the oak was laying on the ground broken. When the gardener came into the field, the willow said, Oh, sir, what happened to the oak? How is it that I survived the storm, weak as I am, and the oak fell? The gardener said, O oh, little willow tree, do you not understand what happened? When the wind blows, you bend with them, while the oak remains still. So when a really powerful wind comes along, you can bend with the wind and survive. But the oak cannot bend, and so if the wind is strong enough, it will break. For the oak had a secret, a weakness within, that no one looking from the outside could see. And the gardener went on his way, leaving the willow to ponder what he said. The moral being, strength within and strength without are not the same. And one should cultivate strength within first. Also, when the winds of life blow, bend, and you may survive the real storms when they come. Try and resist them, and when the real storms come, you may break instead. A perfect way to sum up this whole idea. Be open with your mind. Be willing to adapt. Be willing to learn and be better from the new information. It's only going to take you to a better place. To that end, my friends, ask yourself this question. Am I adaptable? Is my mind open? Do I change for the better? Hopefully you do. As always, my friends, you can reach me via email. Sensei Leonelli at Gmail. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at Sensei underscore Leonelli. You can find more about Tiger Shulman's at www.tsk.com. You can find my school specifically at tsksmithtown.com. On Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash Tiger Shulman Smithtown. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at tsmma underscore Smithtown. And the podcast can be found on Instagram at T.S. Smithtown Podcast. And until next time, my friends, I will see you guys on the mat.